It's the last pod of the year, and I have got to tell you one more time in 2022 to sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com backslash the drama podcast, where every single month you get access to exclusive bonus episodes, access to our close friends on Instagram, which is where all the juicy tidbits are spilled, and you get to support the podcast. We truly cannot thank you enough for all the support this past year. It's been the best year ever with the podcast for sure. Dylan and I are so grateful to you and we think you're really going to enjoy this final episode we have for you today. And what better gift to give us other than your continued support than giving us um, your membership to our Patreon. So patreon.com backslash the drama podcast. Dylan and I love you. Thanks for an amazing year. You're going to love the Patreon. You're going to love this episode and we'll see you next week for another brand new episode of drama. All right. On to the show. Press play. Curtain up an hour in. It's time to taste in. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got numb? They have to know. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will, will we, we talk, talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater. Pop culture, love, and life. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, moments before our guest logged on, I was giving you little teaser tidbits about the new episode of Gossip Girl on HBO, which, you know, we both watch. You love, I sort of hate watch, which I know is cruel. It's just, I can't get into it in the way that I, it doesn't, it doesn't feel rooted in realism as much as a lot of my other shows that I watch are. You're like a true crime um, podcast turned to television series aficionado. I don't think give me the hate... staircase. Give me the staircase. Give me something like that. Yeah. Okay. I don't think you hate watch it. I think you just watch it with with fascination. You're kind of like wondering what all these choices are and why they were made across and the board. Me as a someone who has not acted in a in a musical or a play or anything since high school loves to critique the acting of all the actors on the show. I'm like a what do they call it? Like a couch coach when people watch football, like they're like coaching the game as it goes along. I'm that, but for actors and actresses on Gossip Girl. I mean, I feel like season two is so much better than season one. Definitely. Don't you think? I mean, I haven't seen the new one, but I feel like the Audrey and Aki characters have now just sort of become um, like they're like just lifting up what... Um, the Thomas Doherty role is doing at all times. Like they don't really have storylines anymore. And the I Max don't know Wolf. why. Mm-hmm. Max Wolf. Yes, I agree. I think that they're just struggling to figure out what this is. I mean, Audrey's iconic. She is. I think that she actually lives in the essence of what the original show was, which I didn't watch the entire series. It's fun, but I'm having a weird moment. So Josh Safran, who is the showrunner, he also was the showrunner for season two of Smash, among many other shows. He went on Instagram or maybe it was Twitter, and said, please watch our show over the holidays. We want to keep making it for you. And I felt a little weird about that. Well, there's sort of this trend occurring now where like the people who are making and acting in projects feel like it's up to them to like market and sell tickets and gain viewership for their art because it seems like elsewhere the the money isn't going into the proper like marketing advertising promotions that i feel like used to get people to watch things and so it, the broadway included are feeling responsible yeah i mean certainly with k-pop and ain't no mo and it's i think a little bit unfortunate that um people are having to do other people's jobs right now because it's unfair and it's just not right i mean this 
the showrunner, whoever is like literally writing this show and then he's like having to become an internet personality to get people to watch it. It feels, it feels strange yeah. and I don't like it. I feel like sure. there needs to be, there needs to be some sort of reckoning where we look at how, how we really, how are people really learning about the things that they're consuming mm. and why is it falling on like the actors in K-pop, I feel so bad for them. Like that was actually the saddest week watching them like tearfully pleading for people to like save their own show. And it was like, wow, that's not really their job. I mean, sure. Like you go see things because you like actors, right. but that was so upsetting and disturbing well, even to Stranger, watch. Connor, you were in the audience the night they announced it was closing. Like you said you read the tweet saying the show was closing as you were sitting down and getting your seat. I know it was a bummer. What an electric performance! But I, I, I love. I mean, I loved it. It was so fun. I but I don't know. I just. I guess I mean to say, like, it sucks that like actors and showrunners feel like they're the ones that have to urge fans to like, yeah, consume their content. Is it because there's too much content, or is it because it's being like not advertised properly or marketed properly, or Both, I think. getting to the right people, getting to the right people who are actually going to do it or make decisions. I mean, elsewhere on HBO, things are like getting so whack. They're cutting budgets and removing their own original streaming series. I so uh, anyway, I hope Gossip Girl gets season three because I'm obsessed with it. For your sake, and... I do. And to keep people employed, I do as well. Um, the last thing I'll say is, you know, p- these showrunners and actors have to promote their their shows you know we're out there hustling for our podcast so i get the struggle <laughs> i'm begging people to listen every week i'm that clip of delta work it. and untucked on season three of drag race saying pick me me pick me please <laughs> me that's me let's welcome our guest today who has been watching us act like clowns now for more than we said we would be well, I have to say, you know, we're speaking about something we're obsessed with, sort of ironically, Gossip Girl, but something that we're unironically obsessed with is the show that our guest is in. Mm-hmm. And I am chomping at the bit to to get into it. And I'm going to do it, Dylan. Let's go. I'm going to I'm going to welcome yes. him. Welcome him. Okay. So our guest today is here to take your shitty life and make it better. After appearing in the Atlantic Theater Company production of Kimberly Akimbo, he now is featured as Martin in the show on Broadway. His incredible vocals, dance moves, and comedic timing are displayed on center stage in this beautiful, heart-wrenching, and restorative new musical. He made his Broadway debut in The Prom, having also toured the nation in Mean Girls, the musical. This Houston native also appeared in the TikTok musical for you, Paige, alongside friend of the pod, Roman Banks, as well as in the Nutty Professor musical at Agonquit Playhouse. I can never say Agonquit properly, so I hope that was right. We are so gagged to have him on the podcast for our final episode of 2022. Please welcome to drama, Fernell Hogan. Hello, hello. I love that bio. You, oh. you said you did your research. <laughs> Listen, well, I should say the interns at Drama Headquarters did the research. The interns, they were really, they were digging. Yes, and they're definitely paid. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. They're me. Anyways, (laughs) I did meet you with a very bloated, puffy face after seeing Kimberly Akimbo on the the 30th of November. For now, I have so many things to say about the show and the way that you light up the stage literally every time you're on there, but we will get into it at all. But this, of course, is also an opportunity for our listeners to get to know you and you are such a doll. It is so nice to have you on our podcast and you were so sweet after the show, even though we were, it was right when the temperature dropped. It was yes. like bitter winds. It was like the coldest day. Yeah. Not, it hasn't <laughs> been cold like that since, in fact. It hasn't. I think that one night it was just extremely cold. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did meet you too last winter, but it was right after I saw Kimberly at the Atlantic. And I was like, oh, oh my God, obsessed. This, this show is everything. And I'm so glad that it's now on Broadway for more people to see it. You're such a star. Ah, thank you. Yes, we met after that Olivia Rodrigo concert. Well, you told me you were working on the show. And I was like, yeah. oh, amazing. And now they're like, because we did it off Broadway with what felt like 16 people. And then between, I feel like I met hundreds of people that were like, I'm working on the show. And I was like, yeah, we're going to Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> All hands on deck. For sure. Yes, truly. This is actually the first time that I think I've worked on a show kind of from when like we first hear like, okay, it's coming to Broadway. And oh. I've gotten to be a part of the entire advertising process that's led us to this moment and that'll continue. Um, whereas like I worked on Wicked for years, but th that's a well-oiled machine. You know, I kind of like jump in on the train that's already been running. So this has been an interesting experience for me in the advertising space to see what it's like to watch art develop and a show develop and to like see your first TV commercial and see how it really moves through and how you can be involved in the theater community in a way that isn't performing on stage or writing the next great hit and stuff. So, and I think it's also important for our listeners to hear how involved you can be. Um, you know, basically any job that exists in the world also exists on Broadway. So like you could be a doctor for Broadway actors, you could be a lawyer for the arts, you could be working in advertising for the arts. So I was, I don't I feel like I don't say that enough about, you know, how you can all fit into the into the community, but it's been so fun. Yeah, it truly takes a village to put on a show. So there are so many there are nine people on stage and there are 300 people behind us making that happen. <laughs> like, yeah. Nine people on stage. That is crazy to think about. Yep. Yeah. I know. Super small cast. Yeah. You guys have been running for like a month now, and we always like to check in with our guests when we first start the chat. We, we like to ask how you're doing. For now, are you well? I am well. I'm um very busy, busier than I thought I would be after we opened. Um, but I am well. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm enjoying the run of the show. Like we're all getting into the the pace of things now. Like we finished our last put in rehearsal yesterday, so it's like okay. Now we're doing just the show, which is going to be a great time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What do you think? What else is keeping you busy? Like, is it show stuff? Um, well, I was also popping in every now and then to some like it hot because I was working on that in a way. So on like Tuesday, if I had like free time and I could, I would go over and like sit in on their rehearsals or we had like understudy rehearsal. I'm the dance captain as well. So I had to go to understudy rehearsals and put ins and of course, I can't say no. So I did 54 Below concerts and Green Room 40. I've just been everywhere all at once. So now we're like, we're good, though. But busy. Yeah, everything, <laughs> everywhere, all at once. That's, that's what people say. <laughs> I love that you're living in this moment. You're soaking it up. You know, this is an exciting time. It's, it's obviously, it's not your Broadway debut, but it's, it's just a brand new season. This is, you know, post the shutdown and... It's just an exciting time and life is happening all around you. Kimberly would be proud that you're that you're living life to the fullest. <laughs> Kim would tell me to go see the world. That is yes. what she would say. <laughs> she would. She absolutely would. Wait, for now, remind me, what were you doing with some like a hat? Were you shadowing Casey Nicola? I forget. Yeah, that's right. Casey yeah, started like a little mentor. Casey Nicola started like a little mentorship thing where he wanted to teach someone how to direct and choreograph. And we talked 
throughout the pandemic on how we could make that happen. Um, and some like a hot did a workshop at the beginning of the year, right after Kimberly finished off Broadway. So I did the workshop with them and mentored him like every day and, and mentored with him every day. I mentored Casey Nicola. I mentored under him uh, right after Kimberly off Broadway. And then when we were moving to Broadway. Both shows would be happening at the same time. So it didn't really work. Yeah. We thought we could make it work. So I just popped in when I could. Well, your theaters share like a wall, so yes, literally, the, I'm pretty sure there's an underground passageway between the two. I think there is. I've seen it. I just haven't gone through it. There definitely is. Yeah, I've read stories about when a chorus line was there, and people, whatever was happening in the booth, they would go and watch the finale after at the end of their show or stuff like that. <sighs> yeah, because a chorus line was there forever. I could so do that. You could, because your show's shorter. You should watch them do Let's Be Bad, the act two opener of Some Like It Hot. Yes, when I have, I have like two 15 minute breaks in Kimberly. I'll just pop <laughs> over to Some Like It Hot, uh-huh. catch a number, run back over, back on stage. <laughs> that's so fun. That's that's Broadway, baby. You never know when they'll need you to swing that. in over there too, so. Don't say that. No, okay, okay. <laughs> um, by the way, Connor and I saw Some Like It Hot, the, like, so we saw Some Like It Hot matinee and then Kimberly that night, so. It was oh. a great day of theater. I loved both shows so much. So yes, there's it's they're a great so time good. right now. Yeah, yeah, they're both so good, so different. Like we're just sharing the alley together, which I think it's like a perfect pairing. It is. It's such a fun and unique one too, because it's one's so much more contemporary than the other, but they both still feel fresh. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. What is Casey like? Is I heard he's just the nicest guy. He's the nicest, just like a big ball of fun. Uh, I think he leads with love. Uh, my favorite Casey story, we were in rehearsals for the Mean Girls tour and our stage managers come in with the cake and they start singing happy birthday. And I'm like, oh my God, it's someone's birthday. And then they say happy birthday for now. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Casey just wanted cake. So he bought a birthday cake. He had my name put on it. He had everyone sing happy birthday. It was, I think, May. My birthday's in February. He was just like, <laughs> I just want a cake. So I chose you today. <laughs> that's so funny i love that and the the cake was so good like it was an amazing cake best birthday cake i've ever had (laughs) best birthday ever too (laughs) truly he sounds iconic yeah he's a great time yeah and did you meet him before the prom no i met him i guess like he was in my final prom callback um and i remember like our last time dancing the table was on our side, like they were watching a side view and he came to the front and sat crisscross applesauce right in front of me. And I was like, don't you mess up for now. Don't you dare mess these moves up. And he just sat there. Um, So that's, I met him when we were in rehearsal for that and then did Mean Girls with him. And then some like it hot. Yeah, he's very good to his his people who who are good people to work with. That's what like his whole thing is. He loves nice people. Now, were you original Broadway cast of The Prom? Yes. Oh, my God. Another show that I just absolutely loved so much. Didn't get its due. It it didn't, but I, I pe- everyone who saw it knew yeah. that it was, like, something special. And I think it reminds me of Kimberly in a way because it, like, makes you laugh a lot. And mm-hmm. then eventually you're crying and you're like, well, how did I get here? Yes. <laughs> yes. What was that like? I have to tell you, I know, I'll never forget seeing The Prom and sobbing unexpectedly during it 
it yes. really hits you. Yeah, I watched the book after I knew I booked the show. They had done it in Atlanta already, right. so I found the bootleg online. And I remember just sitting in my little baby, baby apartment room and I got to the end of act one and I was like, I'm crying from a bootleg. Oh no, this is gonna, <laughs> this is gonna be a lot. Yeah. Was it a lot different in Atlanta? The Atlanta version, not super different. Um, a lot of it was the same. The Broadway version, there were just some cuts okay. making it tighter. You have been in some of my favorite shows now that I'm thinking about it. The prom obviously was phenomenal and in, in- the prom and then also Kimberly both have this generational thing. So the prom yeah. had this cast of, you know, more, um, what's the right word? We're not going to say old. Um, a seasoned. Seasoned, established yes. actors. Yeah. Distinguished. Yes. Yeah. Which was like, that was the coolest thing about the building. It was like, you have me who at that time I was 21 and this was my first professional show. So cool. um, and then you have, Beth Level, who's running around the building with a Tony. <laughs> we do shows together. Yeah. Um, and so I, so I was like learning. It was like you get to, I got to learn so much from them and just watching them and how they do eight shows a week. And then like just so many tips and tricks that they could give that I like got to take with me onto my next show. And then if someone was going through what I went through at prom, I could be like, oh, try this thing. And they're like, you're so smart. And I'm like, no, no, no. Christopher Sieber told me that. Um, like, so it's just like passing down this knowledge from that generation to like my generation, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I bet that was so amazing. Like, cause they really were, I mean, they were on Broadway during like the eighties and the nineties and, you know, so many iconic shows. I mean, Brooks Ashmanskis is just a genius too. <laughs> yes. He made me Hilarious. cry during um, Barry's going to prom. Mm-hmm. ending of that for some reason just yeah. really got me every time that show was so good like mm-hmm. i'd watch most of it from the wings every day i understand it would still be like my first time seeing it yeah <laughs> i totally get it, it was great now i'm suddenly thinking like you're saying the prom was your first professional gig and now i'm wondering like the whole trajectory yeah. of your career and life and how you got into the art we do ask all of our guests about that moment when they realized they wanted to be involved or even that they just liked it. We borrow the expression Ring of Keys from the musical Fun Home. Janine Tesori. To a little Janine Tesori, Janine Tesori. Tesori. JT. <laughs> oh my God, keeping it in the fam here. <laughs> and we use it to be like that moment when you were like, oh my God, I just saw this performance or I read this book or consumed something that made you realize it was more than just an interest for you. It was a passion that really dug deep. Do you feel like you had a moment or moments that were yeah. your ring of keys? I definitely had two of them. Ooh. In sixth grade, my art theater teacher took us to our like regional theater. I'm from Houston, Texas. So they took us to theater under the stars and they were doing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And I'm a sixth grader in the cheapest seats with binoculars. But then at one moment, the car started flying and I was like, that's it. I'm not doing anything else. I want to be in a flying car. So that was like, I want to do that. And then the second moment is I finally came to New York and I saw Color Purple, Mm. the revival. Mm. And that whole show was just a moment of like, I want to do this. But there was a moment, the moment she says, I'm beautiful. Just the way the audience, I was in standing room seats. So I got to see everyone had to do what you had to do. Go through that journey. Yes. But like watching the audience go through that journey, I was like, ah. That's what I want to do. Like she said, I'm beautiful. And I could see how that was like affecting and resonating with people in the audience. So that was like a, a really cool theater moment to be a part of that. Like reiterated that this is something I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you asked me about my trajectory, which just goes against everything I just said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to a performing arts high school. After that, I went to a small dance school in Louisiana, and I moved here, and I went to Pace for business. Oh, I, I okay. was like, yeah, I, I went to Pace for arts entertainment management. I was like, I'll be a company manager, producer, maybe. I was like, the performing thing, just not for me, obviously. <laughs> Why not? Was there a moment that made you feel like you couldn't do it? I don't, I don't know what the exact moment was. I just think I always, at that moment in my life, I was like, I'm not good enough to do this. I, mm. I, there are so many people out there like that sounds blasphemous for me to move to New York and be like, I'm going to be on Broadway. Mm. Um, so I was like, I'm going to do something safe. And I went to business school. Uh, and in my second semester, I was bored and I was broke. I went to take a dance class. I could not afford one. So I was like, auditions are free. Back, got on backstage.com. I was like, the prom, that looks like fun. I'll go to that. And I went to the prom open call. <laughs> Fast forward, here we are. <laughs> and then Casey Nicolau was sitting crisscross applesauce in front of you. <laughs> yes, yes. And it was me dancing with like all of the newsies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a dream I've often had. <laughs> um, wait a minute. For I'm like a little gagged for now. I didn't realize that you were truly just, you, I mean, I knew you had that star quality, but I didn't realize you, you truly just like burst onto the scene like that. That's so cool. Yeah. I truly just walked in to have a good time. I was on my, <laughs> I was on my own path. I was like standing in a back corner. Like y'all are fighting for your livelihood. I'm gonna chill back here and do. You were just vibing. Truly just vibing. There were times where they were like, let's do it again. And I was like, I don't know it. So I'm just not gonna do it and the whole group danced and i just stood in the back corner and like mentally went through it because mm. i was on my own journey that day like i had no i didn't want the job like i was like it's i was like i'm still in school like i'm here just to play uh and then i had a call back and i was like oh now i have to sing got a vocal coach that next day <laughs> went in that <laughs> next day to sing because like i had i had i had done a lot of singing training in high school but like i hadn't done it in what two years yeah and then I had my final call back and went in and did the thing. And then they told me I booked the show and I did the lab and then did the Broadway show. And I was still like, I'm going back to business school after this. Cause this was a fluke. And it was a moment during our run where I was telling Brooks Ashmanskis that, and he went for no, you know, if you want to do this for your whole life, you could. Oh. And I don't know that moment right there was like, Oh, like an aha moment having someone that I look up to tell me that I could do this. I was like, oh, maybe I can. And yeah, here we are I'm, doing it. I'm just in <laughs> awe of you. Do you think that maybe because you didn't feel like this was like your life was on the line at that audition, that that sort of let you just be free? Yes, absolutely. Which, because when you go in with your life on the line, you can like, if you're on the other side of the table, you can feel that. Which mm -hmm. like, that's a lot of, I feel like a lot of getting a job from an audition is like, also the vibe like can i spend two months in a rehearsal room with you and then work a 12-hour day with you to then open the show like that is also an energy that they are looking for and when you're in there like this is it it is guys and dolls are death yeah they can feel that <laughs> they can see it you know they absolutely can tell yeah. Yeah. And not to like bring it back to business Connor over here again, but I feel like every job I've ever gotten has kind of been just being like, 
this is me. Like, do you want to work with me or not? Like, yes, I have these skills. Yes, I have these things. But like, do you actually want to work with me vibe? And I feel like that's that's good advice for anyone to hear. I'm randomly like speaking to the children today. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I was thinking the same thing, Don. I was like, when you go into things with less pressure on oh, yourself yeah. and just let yourself be, that can lead to the to the greatest successes. So then you're in the prom, you're, you do the lab, you make it on Broadway. What was that experience like for you? Like when you look back, what does the prom, what do you think of first? I just think the whole thing was surreal. Like I was, I was telling someone yesterday cause people ask me to tell that story a lot. And like, when I tell that story now, I feel like I'm talking about someone else. I'm mm. like, ah, oh, that kid, what a cool life for him. <laughs> cause it just all, it sounds absolutely ridiculous to be like, I went to have a good time. And then I booked a Broadway <laughs> show. Like that's so crazy so it was just a wild time and i'm so fortunate and like grateful it happened um so yeah one word surreal i got to perform on the tonys like what <laughs> and it was such a great performance too i mean we're now you probably also did macy's parade yeah so you got to do a couple of the big moments throughout that yeah we did like all all the things during the prom like the late night shows and the morning shows yeah oh gosh well, we could talk about the prom forever, but then you went on to do Mean Girls on tour, which yes, Connor and I love Mean Girls. We saw it on Broadway a couple of times. It's just such a great movie. And the adaptation is, I mean, I know that some people didn't love it. Some people loved it. It's, it is what it is, but I'm sure taking it across the country, people were going crazy for it. Yeah. It was like interesting to see. I had never seen the movie. Oh, like what? I, I you didn't blow my mind today. <laughs> and I, I and because it was like our first day of rehearsal and I think Tina Fey was like, everyone's seen the movie, right? And then raise your hand if you've seen the movie. And I think everyone raised their hand and I was about to not. And I was like, I just kind of feel like I must raise my hand. So I raised my hand, but I definitely had not seen the movie. So a lot of the jokes went over my head the whole run. Mm. Cause I had been, I had like then been like, well, I got this far without watching it. I'm not going to watch it until I'm out of the show. Sure. So I didn't watch it until I was in a gunk with, which was like three months ago. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what what did you think? <laughs> I had a moment where I was like, oh, this makes more sense. Like, jokes make more sense after seeing the movie, sure. <laughs> um, but like wow. seeing the dedicated, like, diehard Mean Girls fans, it was like, that was crazy. Mm -hmm. um, especially because I couldn't relate. <laughs> sure. Yeah, right. And maybe that's okay. Maybe that's for the best, you know? Being in something yeah. that you're like living for otherwise could be probably complicated yeah and that mean girls was another like kind of accident i like tripped into the mean girls tour so that's why i hadn't seen the movie if i was actually like going in for the audition i'd be like all right let's do some research but it just like all happened really really quickly and i just ended up there um what do you mean yeah but what do you mean you tripped I I was, so prom was closing and I was like, I need an agent. If I'm going to keep doing this, I got an agent. I went 11 o'clock. I put my name. I signed the paper. He pointed at me. He said, mean girls, two o'clock. And I was like, sir, sir, it's 11. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I also had a put in rehearsal that day. So I was, so I went to the put in and I was like at this put in, it's now what, two 30. And I'm talking to Casey and I was like, oh, you have mean girls auditions today. And he was like, yeah, are you coming? And I was like, no, they started an hour ago and I'm here with you. So no, shouldn't you be there? <laughs> he was like, no, 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 you should come in. You should come just to like sing a song, just to say that you 
sang a song. So we like have you in the files. And he like ran and talked to our music director to see if I could sing it, like sing the Mean Girl score. And after she said yes, he sent me from this put in. I ran to Staples. I bought a binder. I printed out music. I ran to Ripley. I walk in. I sing Sean in Florida, which is the same thing I did for prom, which was two years before that. Um, and then he yes from avenue q and then oh, that's he, a good one yeah it's a great song and then he walks me to the door and they were looking for a swing for broadway at that time he was like you know you can't be the broadway swing because you have to finish prom but um are you interested in going on tour we leave september 11th and i was like well my lease is up september 1st so <laughs> yeah and that is what i mean by i tripped into mean girls <laughs> you you're right that's exactly <laughs> what happened that is <laughs> but it goes to show for now that your talent and the fact that people want to keep working with you, it all pays off. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, like, I had built that, like, relationship with Casey, and, like, I think that I do every show at 100% of what I have that day, and I think he noticed that, and then wanted me to do the next one, which is cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Notice I said 100% wow. of what I have that, that day. day. <laughs> that day. Right, right. <laughs> That reminded me of that insane article from a couple of months ago. <laughs> we don't need to go. Yes. Need to go into I'm obsessed with it. What was the percentage? Was it 75? It was 85, 85 right? 85. Was it 85 or 75? 85. Whatever it was. It was just like Whatever absolutely it It's like I walk on stage. I'm like, well, where's 85%? <laughs> I don't think in numbers like that, but that's that's fun. I don't think it does either, but sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's funny. I think... What a thing to admit to the press is my, my, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, Swire. sure, we, we all go into our jobs and give whatever, hundred percent of what we have that day. But to say like every day I'm giving 80% or whatever, <laughs> that was, uh, that was wild. I think they just announced they're not going on tour they did. with 776 too. Oh. Um, I don't know if that's drama or they book something else, but anyway, Okay, so we need to get into Kimberly Akimbo because... We'll see if I can get through it without crying. It is so fucking good. And I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen anything, an original musical like this in years that has moved me in such a way. Yeah. Um, what was your first experience with the material for now? Um, let's see. I got a self-tape request, March 2020. What a great time. Early March 2020? Or... <laughs> Literally the week after the shutdown. Okay. And I was like, okay, weird. Um, and then I got a call back for it in March 2021. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> and what is this? <laughs> um, and then my experience with that material that day, I remember being like, what the hell am I auditioning for? Because we were doing Skater Planet, which was like reminding me of like a high school, like, all right, this feels like an opener. And then we were doing a song that was about making your shitty life better. And I was like, okay, strange. And then I was singing about lupus, which is now scurvy. And I just could not find a through line between those three songs. So I was like, what the hell is So begrudgingly, I did my self-tape and I sent it in and I was, and then I had a Zoom call back the next week. And then an in-person, maybe that next week, I flew to New York. And then I was in and it wasn't until I'd say like our second week of rehearsal that I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. Because the material like a standalone, a standalone songs can be confusing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Like how to wash a check with Inner <laughs> Planet. I just had no clue what was going on <laughs> for the yeah. longest time. 
But it all fits together so beautifully. Yes, it all melts together to make this like beautiful thing, which is so cool. Yeah. Well, I was just curious what that rehearsal room was like. Like, was it, did it feel fully formed already and you were just joining in or was it very in flux? No, it was, I think it was, it, well, it was, it was super in flux because um, this was their first time doing like a full production and I was at the Atlantic. I think they had done a workshop before that and they had been working on it forever, but it was like putting things on its feet with this new group of people um, and still working out kinks of the material and like finding out who these people are um, in relation to each other. I feel like we all played a huge part in that. And there were so many rewrites happening. Um, so I mm. feel like that was, it was a really collaborative room and they took the time to like really dive deep and like have the conversations that every scene needed. That's so cool. I mean, the show ripped me apart, but like in a beautiful way, like it was, it, I was not expecting it. I mean, Connor had been describing it to me. It was almost a year of him telling me how amazing it was because he saw it at the Atlantic. And then when I finally saw it, it's my new favorite musical. I mean, it was just so, I, I literally could see it every day. And, <laughs> and this version's better. Like it, Connor saw it off Broadway and he said it was great. And then I was like, I don't know what kind of changes we're going to make, but I hope we don't break it. And we didn't. We made it better. You're so right. It's it is so much better. And the way everyone's life is treated with the same care in mm -hmm. this show. And I think that's what's so cool about it. And the new act one finale is so fantastic. I mean, yes, that song had me in tears. Yeah, this one like leaves you on that. It leaves you on that like cliffhanger, I think. Mm -hmm. where it's like it's like it's so uplifting but you're also like what's about to happen <laughs> right yeah and I, I remember saying to connor it's like i don't really know where this is gonna go because you're given all this information and i don't know though my the lump in my throat that whole show I, I i know we're probably describing it in a confusing way to the listeners but you need to just see it to experience it and believe it because victoria clark as well is giving just this stunning performance and I can't imagine what it's like to see her every day, just it's, giving it out everything. Just you're just a masterclass. It reminds me of like working with Brooks and Beth and all of them, like watching them do it every day and make it fresh and new. That's what it is. That's what it is working with Vicky. Um, mm. She makes strong choices every day, and they're all so great. Um, my favorite one day she referenced uh, Rush Hour because the show takes place in 1999. Right. And there was one show where she said, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 and we were all cackling backstage. Um, and everyone in the audience was cackling. And we just thought it was a choice. And she was like, no, no, no. It was a Rush Hour reference. <laughs> <laughs> who, I'm who, obsessed with who that. Who is the director of the piece? Uh, Jessica Stone. She's making her Broadway directorial debut, but she was a performer and has performed on many, many shows. Yeah. That's so cool. I love it. It feels like a strong female-driven piece as well. With Obviously with Janine and Bonnie Milligan and Ali Mazi and just, it's, it's such a great cast yeah. overall. I, I can only imagine how much fun y'all are having too. Yes, yeah, just... it's a good time. It Work is not work. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and you're ice skating i mean everyone asks me i'm like are they really ice skating i'm like they like are <laughs> yes we are 100 percent ice skating they gave us ice skating lessons a week off broadway 
and then a week for Broadway. And then just doing the show, we've become even better skaters. So it's like, like the show is frozen, but all of us were like, maybe we should like, you know, up the stakes. Like we're all better skaters now. Let's throw some trick, like let's really go for it. <laughs> but we can't. I don't know how y'all do it. Like it, it doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> how you're actually ice skating on stage because it it's is not defying like, physics. It's not it's... like an ice rink is rolled out or a Zamboni appears. <laughs> Zamboni. Um, it's <laughs> the Zamboni. The, the Zamboni's <laughs> on the ice. Um, it's like, it's the floor is this thing called polyglide and they like three times a week they put glycerin on the floor and before we go out we put glycerin on our blades which gives us a little more glide um and you can walk on it and not slip so yeah it's been it was like a science experiment like there's so many things that go into it because like there's haze that they use for the like there's so many other things that touch the surface and mess it up so like for weeks it was just this big science experiment like can we walk on it in real shoes or how is it that we've now done a hundred shows on it? So it's all, it's an ever changing thing, but yes, we are on ice. There are no little wheels at all. And has there, has it ever been a moment where you went to step down onto it and you didn't glide? During the show. So you're bl- not that I don't glide, but like your blades dull out. Okay. And when your blades dull out, it just, it's kind of dangerous. Cause you're not really like digging into the, the polyglide. You're more just like sliding. So there are days where I'm like in the middle of the number and I can feel my blade go out and I'm like, bro, it's going to be a long <laughs> skate today. <laughs> um, and then we just kind of put putt along, you know, we figured yeah. it out. Like we're all, we've done it so much that like people know how to handle it and we get our yeah. skate sharpened every two weeks. So yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I guess the last thing I want to ask about Kimberly is just, what do you hope that people who come and see the show take away from it? I hope that they decide to live the life that they want to live like just go for it like while we're here um one of the last words of the show is no one well the actual last word of the show is do 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 but before that (laughs) (laughs) we say no one gets a second time around Mm. so it's like you're here once and while you're here do what you want to do go live that life that you want if kimmy can you can Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm literally. I have tears in my eyes. I literally. Yeah, no, you are. Listen for now. Dylan is like one of the most sensitive people on the entire planet. At intermission, Dylan did, could not even speak to me. I got up and went. Of course, I was emotional too. But I had seen it a few times. I yeah. went to the bathroom. Dylan was still sitting there. Still there. I took like, a photo of myself. It's hideous. Just wrecked. And there's just well, you can just see the two tears. Yes. <laughs> Dylan, well, Dylan says to me, he, got, he like says through like choked sobs. He's like, her life is so sad, but she stays so positive. And I said, that's actually, that's it. Like that is really the truth. And you don't really see her acknowledging how sad it is until there's that moment in act two when the teens are all sitting around in the library and the beanbags and they're talking about what life will be like beyond New Jersey. And that part just breaks me open every time because I think that's the first moment we really see Kimberly realizing, well, I probably won't have that. I'm not going to have that. Yeah. Yeah. And that spurs the rest of the act in a way, Uh huh. which what a horrible thing, because that's I'm the I'm the one that's there. Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're kind of like none of it matters anyway. Like, real life, like, life actually oh, begins. Yeah, it's yeah. literally <laughs> me. I am the problem. <laughs> Martin, you're the antihero of Kimberly Akimbo. <laughs> Truly, I am. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I think, like, you're right. Her life is so sad, but she's always looking on the positive. That's a lot of, like, Vicky and Jess. Like, they, together, that was, like, their thing. Like, we don't want to lean into the sadness of what could be... This could be the saddest musical you've ever seen, truthfully. But it's not. And we didn't want... They didn't want it to be. Yeah. And I have to give a lot of credit to... Is his name Justin Cooley? Yeah. Who, his character, and the way that he delivers his lines in that anagram sequence, I think it's Mm -hmm. just such a, it helps us as an audience kind of get on board. He goes, wait, are you, what does he say? Wait, are you sensitive? Or what does he say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he does say that. She goes, no. Like, it's just such a great (laughs) moment. Oh, it helps us as an audience then be like, okay, like, yes, we're we're okay. We're in good hands here. I love, I love that you've seen this show once and you're off book. (laughs) <laughs> i can just picture it all i just I need to go back you were upset okay and we can rave about it forever and ever and ever but before we move on to our last segment for now i guess i'm wondering this has been such a crazy time you are so busy but what pop culture do you consume or what do you do in your free time to like disengage from your job to disengage from my job at this moment <laughs> We need to find a way to disengage. I feel like (laughs) right now, well, like we're just, we've been so busy. It's usually I would come home after a show and I would just play video games because it's like mindless and it's a way to wind down. But after a show right now, I just like can't do it. I have to come home and I'm like time to cook and then just get ready for the next show um, or whatever, like send emails and things just because it's been a busy like three months. But usually I play video games. Um, What kind of games? I play all kinds, I have an Xbox and I just play like all kinds of open world games, anything that feels mindless enough to like, like I can't play Fortnite or Call of Duty because I am competitive and I think it's bad for my mental health to lose. And I wouldn't be unwinding. (laughs) Yeah, 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 no, no, I I get, I get actively angry losing to 12 year olds. Um, (laughs) Do you have Pokemon? I have not bought the new Pokemon. I'm like, do you have Pokemon? I do, yeah. Which one? Scarlet. Yes, there we are. Yeah, um, yeah, I have my Switch. It's under my bed right now. That shows how long it's been since yeah. I played it. My um, boyfriend has Violet though, and he says it's better. But I don't know how he said how he knows that because he doesn't play mine. So <laughs> I think online but, says it's better. Oh, okay. He's read about it. That's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's so but, fun, and that's open see. map. Yeah, it is. So mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna get it. I'll get that. That's my Christmas present to myself. You deserve it. I tried watching Love Is Blind season three, but. Just doesn't add up to the first. I've never gotten into it. They all know what they're getting into now. It's like not as much fun. You know That's I mean? every reality show. I know. That's everything. Like once the uh, the the, uh, the illusion drops, it's mm-hmm. it's it's tough even now to. I hate to say it, but even watch like Drag Race or something like that because they know it's not just becoming America's Next Drag Superstar. It's everything that goes into being on the show and what even even the person who gets eliminated first will have a successful career in some way and they'll become potentially a meme or something like that. So yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. So I've been watching Dave recently, which if you haven't watched oh, that, is fun. It? Oh, that is such a good show. It's so good. Okay. Maybe highly recommend. Check it out. Okay. Is this your dose of drama? I guess this is a good segue. You know, we've talked about so many things and it is sad to say goodbye, but before we do, we like to end on a dose of drama, which is like something to leave our listeners with, to go out into the world and think about or consume. Do, do you think you want the listeners to go watch Dave for now or is there something, oh. some other drama on your mind? No, I think, I think A, you should go watch Dave and B, I want you to know there are no little wheels in Kimberly Akimbo. Uh, 
because that is a thing online that people really? truly think yes hashtag li- no little wheels is uh, a thing that we are making happen maybe it'll be the title <laughs> of our episode then maybe we'll make it the hashtag title no little wheels i love that mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're dispelling the rumors now yes yes because i learned how to ice skate so i want you to know i'm ice skating <laughs> Okay. <laughs> do you read a lot of what people say about the show online or do you kind of stay away? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm all in. And I'm you know on... everyone freaking loves it, right? Yes, we've been getting great reviews. I'm all in on the Broadway chat boards, the Reddit and Twitter. Ooh. So if you post, Not just the know, TikTok? No, I'm seeing it. Oh, and TikTok. I forgot. There, There is one TikTok that is like my favorite. This woman who did not like the show. <laughs> And she, very dear Evan Hansen, like made a PSA that was like, if you didn't like it, you are not alone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She went full Evan Hansen. You will be found. Yes, it's so funny. Yes, it it was a very you will be found PSA for the world, which I just found amusing. I'd be curious to know what her points were, but I don't want to give her views. But it's just (laughs) interesting. Is Is she an older person? middle-aged not even car old okay i mean like okay. the show's not gonna be for everyone which is fair sure. it's just the psa i found hilarious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was the fact that you had to like reach out to the world and be like if you need a helping hand i am here that was right. so funny <laughs> a support group in a way <laughs> yeah like a i didn't like kimberly support group <laughs> it's not like it's controversial that's whatever okay it's not <laughs> <laughs> oh my All god right. do you have a dose of drama Okay, so my I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna make mine based off of Kimberly Akimbo. And it just you really you don't get a second time around. Like you really should live your life. And as this is our last episode of 2022, and as we continue to, you know, break out into the world beyond the the shutdowns and life sort of returns to a new normal or becomes a new normal, I really would encourage everyone to just go for it and do the things you wanna do. You know, I tried to do that myself in 2022. I got another tattoo, you know, I I've tried to travel and I want to do all those sorts of things as we go forward into this next, this next year. Oh my God. Inspirational. You're going to make yeah. my dose of drama sound like so pathetic. <laughs> it's your I drama. It's your drama. You're right, Dylan. It's been a great year and even better times are ahead. Okay. My dose of drama is a couple nights ago, I was walking those streets of New York and I just so happened to like, I, I, it was so cold. I needed to put my gloves on. My headphones were in my backpack. So I stopped what I was doing. You know, I was fast walking. I stopped, you know, put on my headphones. And I suddenly, before I started playing music, I heard a familiar voice coming from behind me, a voice I would know anywhere. And I looked up and it was RuPaul. RuPaul himself walking down the street with a gaggle of gays <laughs> in the flesh. I have not been so starstruck i think ever i mean and you see lots of famous people walking around new york all the time i mean it's but to hear rue's voice this voice that i have heard on every iteration of drag race and and beyond for years now but to see rue in real life so tall Mm -hmm. oh my god i was actually shook i was like wow the timing of this could not have been more perfect like if I hadn't, you know, my if then moment, if I hadn't, you know, set my backpack down to put my headphones and grab my gloves, I never would have seen RuPaul because he was walking behind me. So anyway, it's drama. And I realized like, wow, that's an icon, actually. That oh, I, yeah. I, I really, you know, the internet will say what they will. And, you know, we all have our thoughts, but wow, absolutely shaken to my core. What a that's way to incredible. end. incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love that. But 
Fernell, thank you so much for joining us for this long-awaited you know, pod together. We've been hoping to have you on and I'm so glad that we did and everybody needs to go see you and Kimberly mm-hmm. Akimbo. Yes, thank you and thanks for having me. I hope you had a good time. I did. And I'm so excited. Yay. I'm so excited to see all of the good that's to come for Kimberly Akimbo and for more and more audiences to check it out. It is my best musical. And so, you know, that's what I'm putting my money on. So whatever that's worth. Uh, Little money I have. (laughs) Um, Everyone can follow you on Instagram, just at Fernell Hogan, right? Yep, that is right. Are you active on TikTok as as a poster or do you just lurk? I'm not. I just lurk. Okay, that's I fair. keep telling that's myself fair. I'd be active, but maybe that is what I'm going to do because Kimmy okay. told me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you have such a strong POV. I feel like your TikTok would be really fun and showing some backstage stuff at Kimberly. Exactly. So I'm going to do it. I have lots of like drafts of TikToks that I just like oh my God. haven't made. So we're going to we're going to do it. And you're an amazing dancer, so I'm sure you could do all the dance challenges that with so so much ease an aging dancer (laughs) (laughs) listen release the drafts release the i will i will i will release them (laughs) amazing well it was so great to chat with you for now and i can't wait to see you again after i see the show again which you know i'm gonna do and while everyone's following for now follow us we're at the drama podcast on twitter and instagram we're at the drama pod on tiktok speaking of and Whoa. i'm at dylan mcdowell and connor is at connor mcdowell and connor for the last time in 2022 i will see you next year drama, drama.